Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today we're going to cover a very important topic, and that is parenting through the holidays during divorce. And there are, there's got lots to cover here. It's a broad piece of territory. First, there's are you parenting together? Are you actually parenting together? Or are you parallel parenting? Parallel parenting would be where one of you is very upset and angry and just can't be in alignment with the other one. Or maybe both of you are upset and angry and you're having trouble being in alignment. And parenting together would be there's still some discord. That's why you're getting divorced after all. But the one thing we we'll agree on is the well-being of the children. And the question is, in both of these situations, how do we manage the divorce? How do we plan for holidays so that the children have the best holiday experience possible? And best holiday experience possible may not mean the best holiday experience ever. Let's be really clear. It's possible under the circumstances. All right, so I mentioned earlier, there's co-parenting, which is parenting together, and parallel parenting, which is uh, parenting apart. Co-parenting, parenting together, means that you have shared values regarding the children, that you're willing to set aside your fighting for the most part uh, for the children. Not, I mean, in front of them. You might be fighting and battling on the, when you're not with them, but when you're with them, you do your best to show as unified the front as you possibly can, given your emotional states, and that you really have the well-being of the children on the front burner. Parallel parenting is where one or both of you are so triggered and so upset that you just can't think about the well-being of the children. The children perhaps have become weapons even. They're being weaponized against you. Or, you know, at the very least, they may feel like they're stuck in the middle. They're being used as messengers to get messages back and forth as to what's wrong in the other parent's house or what's missing or what the other parent isn't doing well. Clearly, the second situation from the point of view of the children, is far less desirable than the first. So let's talk about that one first. In a parallel parenting situation, you can help the children have a better holiday experience if at least one of you is willing to stop being triggered and focus on the well-being of the children. And what that looks like is when uh, first you need to make sure that you have a safe space for yourself, a place where you can go where the other parent isn't going to come in, where they're going to respect your space. That if they are yelling at you or, or behaving in a way that's not acceptable in front of the children, that you have a place that you can go, close the door, and they won't come in, and they won't stand at the door yelling, they will feel safe. Second is that you're going to want to be able to establish some emotional boundaries with that person. If that person is really triggered and upset, or if you're easily triggered and upset, one of the emotional boundaries you're going to want to set is, hey, I can't talk right now. I'm too upset. Even if it's just that they're too upset, you know you're going to be upset. You can say, hey, I can't talk right now because I can feel myself getting upset and I don't want to do this right now with you. Or, I don't want to do this in front of the children. Let's do this. At an, and I'll come back and talk to you about this in an hour, in a day, in a week, whatever you think it takes for both of you to cool down. And you can either go to that safe space or go for a walk or whatever it is you need to do. And what is it that you need to do once you have that safety? You need to notice in all the ways that you're triggered, because you've been triggering each other for years. No doubt you're triggered as well. You're going to need to reset 
yourself. And we reset ourselves through mindfulness meditation and prayer. Studies show that these tools help us to be more centered, more focused on our cerebral cortex, which is the thinking part of our brain, and less reactive. The more we practice mindfulness, meditation, and or prayer, the more proactive we become and the less reactive we become. You may want somebody to call. You may want a coach or a therapist or a rabbi or a priest or someone that you're a friend who's been through the process. Someone that you know can talk you off the ledge when you're feeling triggered because you want to return in front of the children, you always want to be your most calm, most secure self. And why is that? Let's talk about the children's needs for a second. Children need a parent who is present. Children need to know that their environment is secure. Children need to know that there's going to be consistency. Even in the divorce process where things are inconsistent, the more consistent you can make it for them, the better. And so if the other parent is willing to go off the deep end, you're going to need to be the parent who's unwilling to go off the deep end because you're going to maintain that consistency for your children. Another thing you're going to need is you're going to need to make sure you take time to stay true to your own values. Often when another parent is going off and threatening the well-being of our children, we become willing to compromise ourselves for our children, which is a natural uh, instinct, and we want to protect them. And... We want to protect them without compromising ourselves. And so you're going to think, you're going to need that time to think through what does it mean to be true to myself here? What does it mean to stay in integrity? How can I protect my children and maintain my personal integrity? We're going to want to start to understand what makes the other parent tick. Why are they the way that they are? I may experience them as angry and abusive or narcissistic, or maybe they're clinically depressed. Or maybe they're sociopaths. Maybe I experienced them that way. But how did they get to be that way? I want to have uh, like some heart energy, some connection to them. Not that I need to love them. Not that I need to forgive them. Not that I need to make them right. Not that I need to, uh, I may need to forgive them. But not that they need to know. Not that I need to make them right. Not that I need to make them wrong. Not that I need to make what they do okay. But I might want to understand, what did their parents do to them that drove them to become the way they are? What are the hurts that they experience that they're protecting themselves from? Because in the end, anger is driven by trauma. In the end, narcissism is driven by trauma. What were their traumas? And when we understand that, we start to get, they're not actually reacting to us. They're reacting to who they think we are. They're not actually attacking us. They're attacking someone that they think we are that maybe we're not. And once we understand that, we can start to see ways to how not to trigger them and we'll become less triggered ourselves. And then the last part of that recipe is once we have that understanding of them and a strategy for managing our relationship with them, we can start to teach our children how to manage their relationship with them. So this is a, like a basic, your basic four or five step program for making it through the holidays with your children, creating that safe space for you and for them, uh, insulating yourself from that emotional unevenness of the other parent. I'm going to be more diplomatic here. It makes them tick. Having help, having a mentor, a therapist to help get the mountain, and creating strategies for our children without pointing our finger at the other parent, which can be really challenging. But these same principles apply if we're both in harmony, by the way. 
I mean, even if we both have the same values and there's not that narcissism thing going on, you're still both going to end up being triggered from time to time. So again, when you're triggered, you're going to want to take some space for yourself. When they're triggered, you're going to want to take some space for yourself. You're going to want to talk to one another and have a standing agreement that you will not act out in front of the children. Let me say that again. You're going to have a standing agreement that you won't fight or disparage one another in front of the children. You won't use the children as messengers. You won't use them as weapons. And most important, you will always speak encouraging words about the other parent to the children, both of you. This is really important. Right? In the first scenario, where you're parallel parenting, you can do this also, by the way. You can speak only good things about the other parent. They may not. But if you do, you'll model behavior for the children, and eventually they'll see that your behavior leads to calm and happiness and relaxation in you, and their behavior is constantly generative of strife, and they're not going to want that. Children want calm, loving, safe environments. As long as you're providing that, they will choose your behavior over the other parent eventually. If you're both parenting together, it should be much simpler to get to that place. Just you're always going to focus on each other's strengths. You're never going to talk badly about the other parents of the children, either of you. That's part of your agreement. You want to agree about this up front. And then when it comes to the holidays, the holidays itself, whether you're parallel parenting or co-parenting, you want to have a strategy for each holiday. So I gave you the broad backdrop for parallel parenting and co-parenting. I gave you the pieces that overlap. Uh, where there's unity. And now let's go to specifics. Let's say you're coming up on Thanksgiving and maybe you have the kids for Thanksgiving. You always want to help them to have that sense of loss of not having Thanksgiving with the other parent. If you can FaceTime the other parent in, great. If they can spend time in both households without it being too stressful, great. Maybe they're going to do Thanksgiving lunch at one house and Thanksgiving dinner at the other. And whoever is feeding the Thanksgiving lunch, you want to make sure that they leave room for Thanksgiving dinner. Um, you want to make sure if you're having a meal with your family, your extended family, that they understand in advance, in either situation, whether you're co-parenting or par parallel parenting, that anyone who's going to be with your children over the holidays understands that you are only being supportive of the other parent, no matter how effed up the other parent is, no matter how upside down they're being to you, or how good they're being to you, you're only going to be supportive of the other parent in the children's eyes for the children's sense of well-being. Again, and you're going to explain to them, that doesn't make the other parent good, it doesn't make them right, it doesn't make what they did okay. It's what we're, it's the, the position, the stance that we're going to take for the children. Uh, and if you're, if you're parenting, hopefully you're, you're going to agree to do that in both of your homes. When you're coming up on Christmas, probably the best way to cut that up is to have, for one of you to have Christmas Eve and one of you to have Christmas Day. Now, that may be unacceptable to you, but that's just an agreement that works for a lot of parents. And uh, the parent who has Christmas Eve celebrates Christmas on Christmas Eve with their children and opens up gifts and not the one as Christmas Day with their children. If you're celebrating Hanukkah, you've got a lot more flex here because you've got multiple days of gift giving and opening. And again, the rules for Hanukkah and Christmas are the same. Always speak well of the other parent. Always stand up for the other parent to the best of your ability. 
And hopefully you're both going to agree on this. And if you don't, it is still super helpful if only you can do that. When you're married to New Year's, that's probably less important for your children. But again, you want to be present for them. You want to use the new year as an opportunity to set positive goals for your children. It's an opportunity for you to get in there with them and say to them, hey, I know it's been a tough year, a good year, an awful year, a wonderful year. What would make the next year really great? And when they say things like, I would love my parents to get back together, don't say that'll never happen. You can say, I really appreciate that you would like us both to get together. And I understand how that feels. If we were back together, how would you, what are the feelings you would want to have? Let's talk about what you want to have, not about what we can do, but the feelings you want to have in your life. You have to focus on themselves and what they can create for themselves. And it's not time to shatter that fantasy that you're going to get back together. But you can, you can say, you know, right now, mommy and daddy aren't getting along very well, but we both, but you need to know we both love you. And right now, mommy and daddy are living separately, or mommy and mommy and daddy and daddy are living separately from you, uh, from each other, not from you, but you're always what's important to us. Uh, and then focus on what is it, the feeling that we want to have, and how can I help you have that feeling besides us getting back together? What are some ways that we can have that feeling without us getting back together? And that might open up some really interesting conversations. All right, that's a lot. I, that was like, I just, I just fire hosed you with co-parenting and parallel parenting over the holidays. And there's so much more to this. Look out for... Um, pieces we're going to do on TikTok and Facebook and in our Facebook group on this. This is a hot topic. We're going to approach it holiday by holiday as we come up on the season. But this is a broad strategy. And again, you may uh, your situation may be very unique to what I've been speaking to. And the, but the general principles hold. The well-being of the children comes first. And here's one last bit. We don't want to allow ourselves to get sucked into negative thinking, stinking thinking. A friend of mine, Pastor Brianna, who was just on this show, said, stinking thinking is where the other parent has done something that's triggered a negative thought in us. Watch out for that. We need, we need to work on our own thinking about the situation. We want to be focused on a positive outcome. What's the positive outcome that we're creating? And when stinking thinking comes up, that's when we want to reach out to our support network, our friends, our professionals, our spiritual advisors, and cleanse that stinking thinking from us. We want to watch out for our critical mind because when we're critical and, and thinking negatives about the other parent, inevitably it stems from a judgment we've made about ourselves on some level. So it's an opportunity when stinking thinking comes up, it's an opportunity to really look at where have I judged myself? How can I release this judgment of myself and of that person? Because after all, no matter how badly we behave, there is always a divine or higher self in us, a better self that really knows the right way to move through these situations. And you want to lean into that as much as you can. Thank you for your time. Feel free to direct message me or reach out to me through commenting on this post, this podcast, this um, YouTube video, however you're taking it in. Uh, also, you can get me at rich at richinrelationship.com. And um, if you are a woman and you're divorcing someone who's really toxic, we are forming special groups for women who are divorcing a toxic spouse. These groups are going to be super cost effective. We're going to use 
the our, our book, uh, the Divorce Detox, as the basis for this. It's a 12-week program of mutual support, getting really cost-effective professional help, and moving through the next 12 weeks as a team, focusing on all the things we just talked about in this show. For more information, reach out to me directly. Thank you so much.